Welcome to the Wonder Woman Club podcast. We bring you conversations that will inspire, empower, and educate you to thrive both in business and in life. My name is Vash Naidu, and I'm your host, an intuitive fempreneur coach and the founder of the Wonder Woman Club, a global community of phenomenal women doing phenomenal things in the world. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to the Wonder Woman podcast and today we have Maria Molinar who is joining us who um, is just a phenomenal woman um, that I met on Clubhouse and she has blown me away with her story and with what she's doing in the world and today we um, off the cuff decided to just start a podcast um, today and we wanted to talk about a topic we were discussing and we felt it was really important to bring it to you. So, um, Maria, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Vash. Thank you. I'm honored. Um, So I have been a full-time parent for the past seven years. I started coding when I was 30, and I already had my first uh, child. And I've been coding in and out, weaving it into parenting um, for the so for the past six. And now that my little one has started her schooling, um, I I am vertically integrating my startup, which I have coded. I did the MVP on my own with um, teammates as part of a coding boot camp I I took, and this is it. I'm launching in a in a few in in a week maybe. So this is my new adventure. Thank you for having me. That's super, super exciting. And and I think we'll talk more about that. But I think when we started the conversation, we were talking about something that was really, really important and really crucial. And you had mentioned that you were in a clubhouse room and it was about women in STEM. And it was about this topic about how women are not just women engineers, they're just engineers, or they're not just coders, they're just coders. But the reality for you, you always fought that cause. But then personally, a reality has changed for you in the sense that we are different. Women in STEM, women in any type of organization is different. So can you share what you shared with me earlier? Yes. So, so yes, I was in this room, women in STEM. And, and yeah, I'm firmly, I was firmly camped in the side of, you know, we don't need special treatment. Let's not call us women engineers, women doctors. We're just doctors. We're just engineers. And I still believe that, like, we don't change. You're not a different doctor. Well, huh? see, yes, you are. We are a different doctor, but we don't need the title. We don't need the women doctor, women engineer. Um, And while I still believe that we don't need the title, yesterday was a reminder I I had a health issue because of our reproductive systems, which are very complicated. Um, And I was just, it was just a a, a huge reminder of how it impacts our lives. Whether we want to or not, we're just biologically different. And we are biologically more complicated. And we come, I don't want to say, I don't want to say problems, but we come with, with, I don't know, um, health issues that men don't have to deal with, like just periods. And I come, I come from a, a very privileged situation where I'm in a, in a developed country and I have everything I need every month. But there are girls that drop out of school because they start bleeding and they can't go anymore. Um, they're either shamed or they don't have sanitary pads and and it, women in STEM, well, this is women, these are girls that can't even get an education because they have a period. This shouldn't hinder their entire future, right? 
And even, um, I, I live in France, even living in France. Again, yesterday was a huge reminder. I thought I was going to go to a doctor's appointment, you know, take two hours out of the day. It, it ended up being more complicated and I had to go to two doctors and it took up five hours, six hours of my day without kids. And then I had to go get my kids. So I was basically out for the entire day dealing with something related to me being a woman. And so yesterday, this room and this health complication, it just brought what I used to think was such a, a reality of we don't need any special treatment, we just need the same um, opportunities. That's not true. We sometimes do need special, we do have special requirements. And sometimes, you know, some women are really affected by their periods. Some women aren't. Like, congrats, you're amazing. I usually don't have problems during mine, but some women have migraines, some women have um, stomach issues, you know, it, and it affects it and it impacts you. And men don't have to deal with that. We breastfeed, we get pregnant, we miscarry, you know, we go into work postpartum, their body's still broken. And so we do need a place to pump and we might need a place to lay down. And today, I don't know of many offices that, um, you know, cater to any of those needs. So yeah, it brought this reality, I guess, this biological reality to just, it brought it up for me. And I hadn't really, I had always been sort of like, oh no, we don't need anything. We're fine. We just need same opportunities. But you know what? I think we do need to bring at least a conversation and um, definitely acknowledge that we are biologically different and that's great but we do have biological needs that sometimes do have to be addressed and maybe sometimes you won't be able to go to the meeting but so yeah let's have a conversation about that I think you know like that's so 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 important not just for women in business but for young girls as well because you know like you said when you're in school a lot of the young girls in underdeveloped countries have the shame around getting their periods and um and then it it it, it kind of develops as we get older like we've got a you know like we don't say it's a period we say oh you know aunt flows in town or we say something else right um i'm surfing the crimson wave and like you say that to your pals because that's the way you'd say it, but it's like i'm on my period like it feels so awkward to even say that um and i think that's the challenge and, and like you said women go through so much because it is about the whole birthing process the cycle after birth as well because it's not just that you fall pregnant your body changes as you grow this human inside of you and then after that process your body also goes through a dramatic change and the postpartum is something that i think is such a huge aspect in so many women that is you know spoken about more and more now but we still need to shed that light and i think you know, for me, when I think of this now and I listen to you, it's like we as women have to be the voices in all these organizations now, right? We have to speak up, we have to say these things, and we have to bring it to the attention of men. And I guess the other challenge then gets is like, and, you know, this is a conversation, we, we're trying to figure this out and share insight here, is how do we as women bring that conversation to the workplace, to men? But what happens when it's not being received? you know, when it's not being listened to, when it's not being received, and when nothing's changing. How, how then do women cope with that? What do you think about that? Well, I am not in the best place to comment on that because I haven't been, so I've been full-time parenting for the past seven years. 
I do, I can just imagine the eye rolls. I mean, I can see them, you know, when you're like um, bringing, bringing these types of topics up because most grown men have a hard time acknowledging that we bleed every month. It's, it's just, so just having a conversation about that, I think um, would be interesting and definitely needed. It has to be normalized. Um, I mean, there are still countries that have a tampon tax. Do you know about that? Yes. That we should, they, I mean, I'm not going to say they should be free because I understand that they are a business, but they shouldn't be taxed at, at the very minimum. They shouldn't be taxed. So one thing we could definitely start doing is start writing letters to our Congress people and say, hey, get rid of this tax. It's ridiculous. And it is hurting women and it is hurting girls and it is hurting women to continue with their lives and to to be able to get um, a, a job or um, continue with their education without having to worry about it, you know, because they're expensive when yeah. they are expensive. And there are a lot of girls and women who can't afford it. And there are there are more options out there, which is great. But I think they shouldn't be taxed. Just that's just a reality. Back to the workplace, I, I don't know. I, I think you'd be better suited to answer that because you, you, <laughs> you worked a high-powered job. What do you think? So I think um, I, I, love, I love what you said about that because, yes, I think it's going to the change makers. And, and that's the thing. Like, we can go into organizations, and I think that's where the challenge is. It's like we, we are standing for the change we want to see, right? Like Gandhi says, be the change you wish to see, to see in the world. And I think that's where we've got to raise our voices and speak about it. But I think the manner in which we do it also has to be important because a woman screaming about something is a woman screaming about something, but a woman yeah. voicing something and getting yeah. something heard and yes. making change is very different. And I think that's what is important is the way in which it's dealt with. And it's not to say that just because we're women, we have to do that. It's how you're received both by men and women. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the way I would approach it. And, and I would raise it with organizations, but I would also then take it to that step further, like you said, We've got to talk to change makers. We've got to talk to government officials, officials, policymakers, um, our Congress people, our prime ministers, and you know all of these types of people because that's where the drive comes from in all countries. You know that's where the change happens. So even yeah. like you know even in organisations, if it becomes a rule and a regulation, then it changes the dynamic of the country, and that's yeah. where that pushes. So I would I would definitely encourage women and girls to start speaking up, and they are. It's not that we aren't, it's that we still we still have work to do. And yeah. I think that's the other thing is that recognizing that we still have work to do and we still need people to do the work. So yeah. even though there are people, they're still not enough. So we yeah. all need to show up in different ways doing different things as well. So I think that's quite an important, important topic. And I think from, from the other aspect of like, you know, for me with, with the Wonder Woman Club, I'm growing our team and we have all females in the organization. And, and I'm saying this to you, like, I love that we have all females in the organization, I have nothing against men. I absolutely love and adore men. And there are so many wonderful men that support and encourage and push women to grow as well. Um, but I really do want to see organizations. And this is something, you know, like I would, and, and the, the women that are in our team now, I know they're comfortable enough to say, listen, I'm having a really bad day with my period. I need time. And I'll be like, you know what? It's okay. You don't even have to like fill in a sick note. You don't have to do anything. Like I get it. Like that's just life. And that's, it's where we have that level of understanding and, and a sense of responsibility because we, you did mention this to me. It's like, 
you know, you're not going to take it and use it and abuse it, that opportunity. It's about when you have that responsibility to an organization, you're like, you know what, I really can't work today. I just need time. And it's being able to do that. And it's the same with the postpartum, because when women, like you said, we're broken and we're still showing up, we're still trying to fix other things while still being broken with ourselves. And that's really, really challenging. Um, I think in that sense, and, and it's a really important topic to cover. And I think it's a really important feature for every woman to start taking more steps towards it, because even one small step for you in your local community can make a larger difference in the whole conglomerate of the world and how we shape society and especially how we shape things for young girls and what they believe are the things we should be ashamed of or the things we shouldn't be ashamed of as well. Um, yes, I think that was just really interesting and I wanted to get into this topic with you. And I think from the, from the perspective of STEM, like with yourself, what are, the, what are the other challenges you feel women are facing in this industry and the sector? Well, I went to school and I think it was, um, we, we, women were like 9% and the school really was doing its absolute best to attract women and and girls because there were they were some of them were very young I mean I was 30 um but there were a couple of 17 year olds 18 year olds um I always felt very safe I never felt out of place but because I think because I was 30 and because I had a child and because I I I was married and I sort of had my life but I do understand how, see, they could, they could, they could definitely, and I think this, this would be good. I have like the big companies, like I, I'm sure Google who has all these thrills for, you know, their, their employees. Um, I'm sure they have tampons and anything you need in their bathrooms and their loose. I would like to see that happen more across more companies, you know, just, you don't need a foosball table. Yeah. But you need a tampon machine, you know, yeah. and, and a free one. Because if you're a big company, I am sure that no one is going to abuse the tampons that you are giving out for free in your bathroom, you know. Yeah. But, but it's like you're saying we're, we're, we're setting a standard, right? Um, in STEM, well, there is, and we were talking about this yesterday, um, and I, I did hear this in my school. Uh, oh, you'll, you'll probably get in because you're a girl just on that. And no, no, there were women who were rejected. There were girls who did not get in. And it was funny because the conversation started going towards, um, and so what? You know, men have been getting in just because they're men for the past hundreds of years. This is, this is something someone brought to the room. And she said, and if they tell you that, you just say, yeah, it's my turn, you know? And so what? And I don't know, it, it's, you know, you get mixed feelings because you don't want to be thought of as, oh, I'm here just because I'm a woman and I'm serving a quota. But at the yeah. same time, you know what? It doesn't matter how you got there. It's how you use the opportunity once you're there. So yeah. once you're there, just, you know, kick the door in, kick ass and make it easier for the next one to come up. You know, definitely look back, you know, give your hand and pull her up. And that's how we are going to start bringing more women into it by pulling each other up. And men, I, I have had mentors, like I have had men just, I post on Slack uh, a question and I had an amazing guy 
say, Hey, do you need a mentor? And I'm like, yes, I do. And we have, he has been mentoring me for the past two years now. That is an amazing thing that you can do for women, you know, be their allies, speak up, you know, say, Hey, she deserves a promotion or say, Hey, I also heard this room was just amazing yesterday. I heard that if you, if there is a job post, if there is a job opening, if somebody recommends you for the job, it is like four times more likely to get accepted than if you just go in through a CV, right? And it's, I don't know if it's exact four times, but it sounds definitely true. So to the men and the women out there, you know, if you know someone and there's a job opening, nominate the person, even go to the person and say, hey, you might not fill all the job requirements, but I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to tell this person that you have this and this and this quality and the quality you're lacking will just, you'll, you'll figure it out. Like, and those are all concrete things that we can do today to start making a change, especially in STEM, because there are other areas where now women are the majority. I know, I know in France in the financial sector, it's very 50-50 or maybe they're even majority. I don't know. But there are definitely areas where we're absolutely not like, yeah, in, 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 and it's, it's sad because in STEM, I read somewhere that we get 50% of the diplomas, but then when we enter the workforce, it's not 50% of us there. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with, we have the babies (laughs) and then we, we give it up and then we're out of it for three years or two years or even one year. And it's so hard to catch up because you have a a gap and I'm air quoting here. You don't have a gap, but that's another conversation. Yeah. But yeah, um, concrete steps, I think, uh, speak out for women being a woman yourself, but men come, come, you know, bring us to the table, open doors, nominate us, mentor us. Those are all concrete things that I think we could do today. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I think that's, the, that's you know, you hit on so many things there, but it's that whole thing of when women have the babies and then it's the mom guilt as well, when you want to work and it's like, do you leave your kids with somebody else to be taken care of and you want to work? And then it's dealing with the mom guilt as well, because then you're, you're attacked by other moms. That's the, that's the worst thing. You're attacked by other women that are like, well, aren't you spending time with your kids? Is your work more important than you? And I think that's also another challenge. And it's this whole piece of what do we believe about ourselves? Like how much, like, you know, and, and it's, are we letting other people's ideas, ideologies about us and our lives run our lives? Or are we changing the way we feel about ourselves and standing in our own self-worth and our own self-power to say, yes, I work and I do this, but I'm also doing this for my kids, but I'm also doing it for me. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, like that is okay to do it for you as well, because you also, before you were a mother, before you become a wife, before you become any of those things, you're a woman. And as a woman, you also get to fulfill your dreams. You also get to live a life that you want. And so much so like, you know, and, and all the things you said that men can do to support. And I know there are wonderful men out there doing this, but men that aren't start, you can, you can never go wrong doing these things, you know, because women it's never too late, you know, absolutely. And I think it's that whole thing of even when you're in a meeting and there's a woman at the table or she's not even at the table, she's just in the room. You, like you said, make space for her at the table, but also make sure she's heard, ask her to speak up. And sometimes 
women yeah. don't. And it's a weird, oh, it's a weird, horrible thing. But it's sometimes because of our genetic makeup, we also wait for permission. So sometimes you might need to just give her a little bit of courage to show her you believe in her. And it's not just men, it's other women too. Do this. If there's a woman in the room and you haven't heard her speak, ask her for her opinion, ask her for her thoughts. She might need that little bit of confidence or a little bit of validation that she actually has something to say, but she just needs to, the courage to do it. So do that as well. Um, I, I think, you know, those are beautiful small moments that we can change dynamics massively. And you know what? When women get cut off, because we do very frequently, yes. <laughs> call it out. Say, yeah. hey, George, I think Vash wasn't done. Yes. <laughs> you know? And so often, right? Yeah. Just say, hey, Vash, were you finished? I don't think you were. <laughs> that is yeah. amazing thing that you can do and it's so little and it's so yeah. it's so common it's every yeah. day and you know you you talked about parenting I think and parental leave but it should be parental leave because here's the thing when when it's just the moms getting maternity leave the dads they don't even get to participate in actively raising their kids they're not helping the mother out because it's their kids they should be able to actively participate equally and it, it goes two ways, right? It goes to the, the dad's rights to be able to participate in the parenting responsibilities. But it also, this also impacts the women because if you're a dad and you get to leave at before, I don't, I don't know, just before so you can take responsibility of your children, that means that your wife may be able to stay later. So she's not taking the hit in her career. And so if they both have parental rights, they don't have to sacrifice choosing their kids or their careers. I mean, you have to you have to choose because you can only be a full-time parent or a full-time career person because it's right in their title, full-time. Yeah. Or you can be a part-time parent or a part-time professional, but you have to choose. So somebody's gonna have to raise the kids, right? Um, but if they both get parental leave, then I think, that definitely takes the stress and the guilt and the complexity. At least it takes it all. It's not 100% on the woman. So it's going to be easier for her to continue on her promotion path. It's going to be easier for her to get back into the career path if she wants to. It shouldn't negatively impact her. And if we start giving men parental leave as well, then maternity leave is going to start is going to stop being so penalized because it's yeah. just going to start being a normal thing. People have kids and kids have needs yeah. because they're tiny, helpless babies. <laughs> so the more rights parents have, the better it's going to be for women yeah. and men. But Absolutely. yeah, if dad can go home early, then the, 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 the mom can stay at work late. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's and, and that's the thing it is it is that partnership right and it's figuring out how to do it together because that's you know that's the ideal scenario obviously and if you are a single mom then it's 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 harder or a single parent a single dad as well because there's many of the single dads out there struggling as well and yeah. I think that's where that challenge becomes because that's the responsibility they're helpless beings Without yeah. you, they will not survive. So yeah. that's the sacrifice of a parent. And that's the sad truth of what parenting is. It's a lot of sacrifice. 
Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's just it. Like there needs to be so much more changes and we have to bring it to the forefront. And I don't know, I don't know whether the pandemic has changed this in some way because we're also, you know, we're also connected, even though we're disconnected from seeing each other physically, but we're so connected in the online space. It's probably, you know, a lot of parents are working from home. They get to maybe go out for a walk with their kids during the day and then they come back and they work and they do all these different things. And maybe companies have started to recognize the balance in working from home and working from an office and giving people more flexibility to still have a life and then work rather than trying to figure out the work-life balance. It's to have a life first and work filled into your life rather than the other way around, because it's challenging enough on its own. Yeah. And I definitely think that, um, that the pandemic has brought the invisible labor into the forefront, which before it was just, you know, some fringe sort of, but now the invisible labor, everyone is sort of talking about it because everyone is dealing with it in one way or another. And, you know, people are realizing, Hey, I'm, I'm doing a lot more of the invisible labor than you are, or, you know, I'm doing all of it. Um, also, I think the pandemic, it made us do things. If you had told anybody in the entire world that we were going to stop international traffic, tourists, like we were going to ground the planes, close the borders, close restaurants, just shut down the world, every single person would have told you you're insane, it's impossible, the world will implode, the economy will collapse. Like that, it's just, we can't do it. And we did. So you know what? I think it just proves a point that if we need to, we do things. Yeah. So if we were able to do such a radical seismic shift, I think we can do much better (laughs) for women (laughs) equality, you know, and parental right like the the scale of what has happened to the scale of what is needed is so minute you know I love I love that analogy that you've given us because it's true it really is and I think that that's the forever argument if we could do this during a pandemic I'm sure we could provide a tampon machine I am sure we can give parental leave you know And yeah, and the parental leave, you know, the more we normalize it, the more the easier it's just gonna be for parents everywhere, solo parents. I I'm I'm divorced, so I I I deal with the kids. I mean, I also dealt with them basically on my own when I was married, but um, but now it's truly on my own um for most of the time. But the more we normalize being a parent, the more all the parents can benefit from that. And it just raises us all up because we need more active parents to create kinder, more empathetic future citizens, which is the ultimate goal of parenting, I think, you know, which is why I, I decided to take seven years to raise my tiny humans because um, I had the immense privilege of choosing because it is a privilege most people don't get. And I had the immense privilege of choosing and I chose this and I love it. And now that I'm going back into the workforce, well, not the workforce, but now that I'm launching a business, you know, I am going to add my seven year parenting into my LinkedIn profile. I'm going to, I don't know, like in a sort of witty tongue in cheek, say I'm CEO of MomCo and I have been 
you know, multitasking, negotiating, raising trilingual kids, which takes a lot of discipline. So I'm going to add those skills to my experience. And I think that is another conversation we need to have because it's not a seven year gap in my work experience. It has added, it has given me skills. It is that are exponential. I think it's exponential personal growth. Becoming a parent is like, like a car, you know, when they, when they do the speeds, like zero to 60, I think it's like zero to 120. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're pregnant, it's all like, all you know, happy, happy. And then when the baby's born, it's like, oh shit. Like, you know, like, what do I do with this being? Like every moment is questioned and yeah. every moment you're challenged in such a different way. So I, I look up to parents. I absolutely do. And I think it's just that, like you said, that gap is ridiculous to call it a gap because something massive has happened in someone's life and they have gone through they've gone through so many different like phases of themselves and also learning so much about the world through a kid's eye through the vision of what a kid needs that that's you you don't like you you can go to master classes and stuff like that but until you're in that position you will yeah. never know your own capabilities your own strengths and your own breaking points as well oh, because yeah. it is so hard yeah the resilience is just astounding yeah so I am I'm I'm working that into my LinkedIn profile <laughs> and I think every every mother every father should do that because I think it's, it's it's just I can't believe we don't like it's that kind of thing like why don't we do that you know but see every time I say it I get a lot of really like really nobody's gonna take you seriously here's the thing I don't want to be taken I, I do want to be taken seriously but I'm not looking for a job right now I'm trying to launch a business so I will take the hit and again I'm using air quotes I'll take the hit I'll be mocked and laughed and I don't care but I think this should be normalized as well like let's put it in our LinkedIn what did you do from this year to this year oh I was raising a child and that is amazing and it shouldn't be a gap and you shouldn't be afraid of it or ashamed of it parenting is 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 amazing and it's hard and it it does give you a lot of skills that are very valuable when you do return to work so yes <laughs> um, yeah well you you have been a phenomenal guest and it was so off the cuff and i love it Um, because I knew this was going to be such a powerful conversation and I just want to thank you so much for doing this with me and bearing with me while we just like rearranged our whole like our our whole desk and our got our ear pods and everything else (laughs) within like two minutes to get this going so I appreciate you I thank you and um, and we will have you back again to talk more um, because I think it's just amazing conversations that we can have so thank you so much for joining us on the Wonder Woman Club podcast and um, we will post up more in the links and information um, where people can contact you and find you. And we'll be checking out that LinkedIn profile of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vash. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely.